All right. What's up, everybody? Oh, my God. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, literally just now, it said that my webcam got disconnected. Your webcam has been unplugged. Okay, well, let's go back to my desktop camera. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Okay. Well, this is just ridiculous. It's not even letting me use my built-in freaking webcam. This is ridiculous. <sighs> okay, well. Hang tight, everybody. I think we're just going to see if this works. Hold on. Okay. Well, I guess we're just rolling with the uh, the built-in laptop webcam. Are you guys still with me? Yeah. God, how stupid is that? Okay. So anyway, we're here. I think we're rocking and rolling. Uh, we got people in the chat. What's up, PJ? Good to see you. Um, yeah, right on. So yeah, uh, as, you, as you guys have been following the show a little bit, I... Uh, there's been a few occasions over the last few weeks, a couple months, whatever, where I had guests not show up and, uh, it always causes a little riff in the action. And it's like, well, what do I do? I just hang out and chat with the people for a little bit, I guess, you know, which has been something that, uh, I I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed just hanging out and chatting. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna, okay. Thanks PJ. Appreciate it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do a show. I'm gonna do a show, just a live solo show with me hanging out, chatting with the people. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know, I actually really kind of, wouldn't mind having the show be a little bit more of that format. You know, I mean, probably the last thing in the world the world needs is another talking head going over the news, giving commentary and this and that. But it's like, no, but they don't have my commentary and my perspective. And I, I feel like I bring something to the table when it comes to that. So over the last week, I've been aggregating some specific news articles that I was like, hey, this is interesting. Wow, that's interesting. So, you know, stuff that's unconventional, you've probably heard about it. Maybe you haven't, but stuff that we're just going to talk about, go over, have a good time because it's some of it's hilarious, some of it's interesting, some of it's shocking, some of it's scary. So, you know, you're just going to get my spin and my take. And a lot of it was a product of the fact that um, over the last couple of weeks, well, over the last month now, a little over a month, I've been on this project where... I've been building a house. I've been basically been building an addition on a house, which to me is essentially building a house. It's this really nice house in a nice part of Bellevue, Tennessee here, just outside of Nashville, a uh, very nice neighborhood, beautiful home, probably like a million dollar home. You know what I mean? And uh, taking what was the master home. Oh, see, look at that. I've got like caulking and stuff all over my hands still from where <laughs> we were installing windows today. So I haven't even like really cleaned up quite yet. But basically what happened is, they, they have a master bedroom that has a closet and a master bathroom in there, and it's just small. And so what we're doing is we're taking that entire master bathroom, bedroom, room, and we're knocking down all the walls. We're turning that whole room into like a giant master bathroom, and we're adding like a 16 or whatever, 12, 14 by 18 addition that's going to become the the now the new master bedroom so it's like a pretty legit project and uh it's been well what's up ryan ryan's in the chat independent review if you guys aren't checking out the independent review go check it out and uh and so we're basically just doing a pretty much to me it's been uh you know basically building the house from the ground up it started off with just a plot of grass brought in an excavator dug it out poured the foundation framed the house 
and so it's just been a really cool experience getting to learn all the ins and outs of that. And so, you know, that's been a huge time commitment. As you guys know, I do the handyman thing, but it's more like taking jobs here and there as they come in. Like, you know, historically in the past, I've done like maybe two, I'll, I'll get like one or two, sometimes three jobs during the week, which allows me the flexibility to focus on all my other projects, to focus on rebunked, booking guests, booking shows, you know, uh, doing all that stuff, working on Unjected, all the stuff that goes into that. Um, but this last like month, it's, this has just been like, this just consumed my day. You know, I have to be on the job site half an hour away at 7 a.m. So I'm getting up super early and it's kind of thrown me into this new rhythm where I'm just like, just in order to keep up with all my other obligations, like unjected primarily, it's like that sucks up all the rest of my bandwidth. You know what I mean? And so, as you notice, like I didn't do a show last week, you know, I don't, I don't even, haven't even made much of an effort to book guests, you know what I mean? And so I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to start doing live shows. I'm just going to start doing shows like this, maybe once a week, a couple times a week. Um, as I'm working and listening to the other shows that I listen to, I'm listening and getting some, you know, like no agenda, last American vagabond, you know, I'm getting, uh, all of these headlines and articles and news stories coming up. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And, and I have thoughts in my head about them that are, that are, you know, that are not being said. So I'm like, well, I should just do a show covering all this stuff. So, you know, the show is the brand is there rebunk news. It's there, but I don't do much news coverage. And it's really interesting because the more and more we get into this crazy era of human civilization, the more all of this stuff that used to be considered debunked conspiracy theory is coming true. So what do we call that? We call it rebunked, right? Going from debunked to rebunked. That was the whole premise of the show. So we're going to kind of get back to the roots of what the origin and the vision of the show was, which is like highlighting all the rebunked news, right? All the stuff that was crazy conspiracy theory that is now fact, widely accepted fact. So we're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to hang out. We're going to chat. Um, if you guys are in the chat, just kind of follow along. I'm, 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 I want it to be kind of more interactive. So I want to chat with the people with you guys as we're going along here so um i'll keep an eye on comments and anything like that but yeah i'm excited so one of the things that's really cool i wanted to share with you guys this is something that uh you know is really important to me as you guys a lot of you guys know i uh i have been i'm in recovery from substance use right that that, that used to be my life just running around getting high, doing drugs, selling drugs, committing crime, like rolling with really bad people. You know, that was my life. You know what I mean? My life was way different than it is today. And uh, so tomorrow is actually my clean date. So tomorrow, if I can stay clean tonight, like if I don't get high tonight, <laughs> if I don't get drunk tonight, then tomorrow I'll have seven years completely clean and sober. And the significance of that is that seven years ago, tomorrow was my first day without any drugs in my body. Right. Which means that seven years ago today was the last time I ever got high. So I got high for the very last time seven years ago today. And hey, what's up, Chris? Chris in the Rockfin chat. So seven years ago today was the last time I ever got high. And that was in a prison cell at Oregon State Penitentiary. That's right. The very last time I ever got high, I, I went out with a bang, folks. I went out with a bang. I'd already been sentenced you know, on a bunch of like shoplifting charges, you know, when I say I was running around committing crime, I wasn't like this, like crime boss or anything like that. I was literally just like shoplifting to support my habit. And way before shoplifting was like 
the new rave before it was like before all the cool kids were doing it this guy right here i i was i was way ahead of the curve i was the cutting edge leading i was a visionary i was so far ahead of uh the now societal norm of shoplifting that you know I, I was just too cool for school man society couldn't handle me they didn't they couldn't handle me you know what i mean and so they decided to lock me up and i got sentenced to 22 months in uh oregon department of corrections back in uh september of 2016 and uh you know my run i had a pretty good run there for the last few years you know i was kind of in and out of my addiction for many years and I, i've told this story before uh probably the one place that i really got into it was uh i went on uh the ripple effect podcast with ricky Brandis, and you know we got into it and i went like really deep into my whole story and maybe i'll do do you know a focused episode on that because you know i've heard over the years a lot of people giving me feedback about how my story has helped them i've had a lot of people reach out to me who are currently struggling with addiction or have a family member that's struggling with addiction and you know i've hopefully been able to provide some insight or just some inspiration to folks. And so, you know, a big part of staying clean for me, a big part of my story is actually giving back to the community, to the recovery community here. I'm really involved in the recovery community here, the 12 step community. Um, I volunteer, I do a lot of service positions. I speak at uh, treatment centers fairly often, like maybe like every other month or so. Um, and so that's something that's really important to me, like being able to share what we call my experience, strength, and hope, right? Not so much about the mess, but the message, the message of recovery and hope. And that anybody out there, no matter how far along you are, how, how deep down you are, then, uh, then anybody, anybody, anybody can get clean, can lose the desire to use drugs and find a new way to live and have an amazing life. Like, I don't care how messed up your life is or how hopeless things are. You can find a different way to live. There's no question about that. I've seen people just like the most fucked off people you can imagine like homeless like no teeth like just you know 60 years old no hope and they get clean and they put their lives together and they start doing amazing things i've seen people go from like nothing to like being business owners you know and i just uh it's just amazing how my life has been changed so dramatically in just seven years you know that's not a very large amount of time but you know literally seven years ago today i i was sitting in a prison cell and now here we are doing all the cool stuff I get to do. You know, I'm so grateful. Oh, Chris, what's up, man? Okay. So says, congratulations, Scott. Thank you, sir. That's fantastic. I'll be one year sober from alcohol on January 1st. Awesome. So you, you picked a hell of a clean date there. So we, we can, we know what was uh, going on New Year's Eve last year, man. And, you know, I'm honestly glad that, you know, it takes hitting a rock bottom. It takes hitting such a significantly demoralizing rock bottom in order to snap oneself out of the fog and wanting to do something different, you know? And so hopefully your new year's Eve last year was enough to make you decide to do something different. And so, wow, that's really amazing being able to go through an entire calendar year, January to January, uh, just completely clean, man. Like I just freaking love that dude. So just, just keep it up, man. Like it gets so much better. It gets so, it gets so good. Like your first year, like, you know, for me, I was on that. I, well, let me put it this way. So they, in recovery, they talk about like the, the, the pink cloud, the pink cloud of recovery, right? Like everything's bright and beautiful and you're excited and you know what I mean? And then things are different. You get to start feeling again. Um, but a lot of people in recovery say like that pink cloud goes away, but I have always said, no, let that pink cloud last for, I'm still in my pink cloud. 
my life has just continuously gotten better year over year. And uh, I don't let that that whole myth of the pink cloud going away be my reality. That's not my truth. My truth is that I'm still riding the pink cloud since the day I got clean. But yeah, so I will tell this funny story just just to kind of get it out of the way, just because uh, the, the the 13th of December 2016 is just kind of a funny day. So I got so in Oregon State Department of Corrections, you get uh, you get to go to this. Um, you get to go to this. Well, after you get sentenced, they transport you up to Salem, which is the state capital. I was living in Eugene at the time. And then you go to this like intake facility, which is also the women's prison, which is funny. So like while you're there, like when you're sometimes you cross paths with females and like you're just like Ugh, all the guys are just like, Ugh, like trying to peek through the windows and just like trying to like slip them your number and stuff like that. Or your your uh, your prisoner ID number. I can't remember what it's called, but to like write me a letter, write me a letter, this and that. So anyway, so what you do is you go there and you spend about 30 days at this intake facility where they kind of just monitor you, monitor you and just kind of figure out what your risk evaluation is. They try to figure out like your gang affiliations. They try to figure out all the stuff so that they can categorize you and decide what prison to send you to. Right. And in Oregon, they had uh, Oregon state penitentiary, which is like the big house. That's the medium max facility where they have uh, the death row, even though Oregon hasn't executed somebody. in I don't know, probably like the eighties or nineties, like they've kind of put a stay on executions, even though people do get the death penalty there. So it's like a death penalty state but they don't actually execute anybody. So if you get sentenced to death row, odds are you're probably just going to spend the rest of your life in prison. Um, so Oregon state penitentiary is like kind of known as the big house. Like that's the place. And then they have a uh, OSCI Oregon state correctional Institute, which is another medium medium. I think primarily medium. I don't know if they have a maximum area, but pretty much the same thing. Um, I feel like there's, Oh, and then there's snake river, which is over on, the east side right on the border of idaho which is another medium facility so those are kind of like the big yards there as they call them and then they have all the minimum yards which are kind of like summer camp <laughs> you know they have uh i can't even remember off the top of my head the names of them which is good i remember sandy am i spent a, a little bit of sandy am while i was traveling that's in salem also i can't remember uh, there's one out in baker city that's where i spent most of my time but anyway so i knew like all my crimes were like nonviolent. You know, like literally my rap sheet was like possession of meth and uh, theft one, which is a class C felony. You know, so it's a felony, but barely a felony, I guess you could say, um, you know, not to diminish it. You know, I was a scumbag. So, you know, I was doing things. I was committing property crimes against the the the, the man, the the corporations, whatever. But uh so I was assuming that I was going to a minimum yard. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go to a minimum yard. It's like you can just you know, walk out and during the day and lift weights, jog, play music, like whatever, dude. Like I knew it was going to be like easy time, but I did have a case open still. Um, cause I had like charges in multiple counties that I, you know, was going to have to get transported back and forth to, to get sentenced on. So they rolled me up the morning of December 13th, 2016 from that intake facility. And it was like first, like five in the morning, like they rolled up all the people to transport to the different prisons and uh we were all standing in line um they made us put on our little jumpsuits and get like you know handcuffed and everything and the little they like put you in shackles like prisoner shackles like you see in the movies where they put like the belt on you and they they like shackle your ankles and then they have the chain running up to your uh waist and then they have like your your wrists 
in this uh handcuffed and then they put the handcuffs in a little black box that like holds your wrists like this so they're like kind of like reversed if you're just listening it's like it's kind of just like you're just being restrained in a very awkward and pain like not very comfortable way and then they strap that to your belly belly thing or whatever i think yeah i'm pretty sure they do anyway so they get you all chained up and everything and then they put you in line and they say okay uh they start lining up all the people calling out their names they called my name and got in line with like there was like maybe three or four other guys in this one line and then they were they went around and they were telling us what facility we were going to and they came to our line and they were like and hey, you guys are going to osp and i was like osp you mean oregon state penitentiary like the big house like no 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 no, no. there's got to be some mistake here like what's going on what's going on no 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 i don't deserve to go there like i was like kind of scared like i was actually really scared i was like oh shit dude like that's bullshit like so i did i later found out that it was because i had an open case still that made me automatically considered a medium security so there you go so they shipped me off to oregon state penitentiary right and i remember going in it's a uh, the thing about osp is that it's a condemned building it was built in like the 1800s very very old old prison like all the doors are like you know the actual bars that you hold on to like in the cartoons and stuff it's all like pneumatic open and closed like it's not electronic nothing like that just like this old dank musty building and uh it was just crazy man like i got there and i was literally scared shitless and like all i knew about prison was like like Shawshank Redemption i mean the, the prison was like a Shawshank Redemption type prison like literally like that type of deal and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, and the only thing going through my head was just like, you know, like, I can get in a fight. I don't mind getting in a fight. I'll get in a fight if I have to, right? You know, like, I'll even, like, you can even, like, if I have to get stabbed a little bit, like, just a little bit, like, maybe just a little bit right here. Like, don't puncture any any organs. But if I have to get, like, stabbed a little bit, like, that's fine. I can deal with that. I can deal with that. Just please, God, don't let me get raped. Like, for the love of God, please. Like, that's what I was like really afraid of. I was like, oh my God. Oh, it was so fucked. I was pretty fucking scared, you guys. Like, it was insane. And so, anyway, and oh, and, and at this point, you know, I had been, I mean, we were going on, what was it? I got arrested at the very end of August. So I've been going like three months in and out of like, you know, county jails intake facilities bouncing around to different counties getting sentenced on all these other charges and stuff because once they finally got me it was like you know they had to, i had to pay the piper so they sent me from one place to another and after this like 90 days like i had absolutely made up my mind that i was done using i was done getting high i was done drinking i was done with that life like i'd made it up my mind like unequivocally without question done never going back to that again like this is i was like this is unacceptable i cannot live my life like this anymore and so when i got to osp like they i went in and talked to like the intake person and they gave me my roll up they basically gave me my blanket and pillow and a couple changes of clothes walked me down this hall walked me up a staircase up to this tier and they said okay you're down in cell 50 whatever all the way down at the end like the complete opposite end from the guard station where they can't hear you scream <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like oh jesus and i'm walking down the tier walking down the little hallway and i'm passing people's cells 
you know, with my with my roll up, and it felt like that scene in in uh, Shawshank Redemption where they're like fish, fish, fish. You know what I'm saying? Even though nobody's actually saying that, like everybody was just minding their own business. Like it's just another dude showing up, no big deal. But it was really interesting because like all the cells, they're just bars wide open. Like I could have just looked over and looked into these people's cells, but in my mind, I was like, just look forward, don't look in. I mean, these are these people's home. You know, these are literally these people's home. And it's like, it would be in, in my mind, an invasion of privacy to look over and look into their home. Right. I'd probably get my ass kicked for something like that. I don't know. You know what I mean? So I didn't know anything about the politics of prison yet. I didn't know anything about like, you know, code of conduct amongst prisoners. Like I knew about the, what the, what the correctional officers, the COs expected, but I didn't know what like the code of conduct was amongst like the, the prisoners, you know what I mean? And that's the only thing I cared about. Like, I didn't give a shit about what the guards thought. I just was just trying to like make sure I was in line with what, what the expectation was amongst my peers there. Right. And I could go on and on about like all the stories. Cause it was, it was interesting, but I got to my cell and the cell door opened and uh, there was this younger guy in there, like maybe about, um, I don't know, like mid twenties. I was a uh, 33 at the time. Oh boy. Illuminati confirmed 33. And, uh, and he, I walked in and he was all covered in tattoos and everything. And I'm just like, ah, like what? And he was actually really cool. I mean, he was fine. He was like, he was like, uh, you know, the first thing you do when you roll up in there is they ask to check your paperwork, which I had a copy of my paperwork, which means your charges, like a copy of all your charges to make sure you're not a rapist or a child molester, basically. So had, you know, if you had any sort of charges like that on your paperwork, then it was either your job to like get, like let them know that you need to go to the hole or they'll kick your ass. That's just how it is. So you just, you're not allowed to like be out in general population if you're a rapist or a pedophile, basically. So I showed him my paperwork and you know, it was just like theft and meth, you know, theft and meth, theft and meth. <laughs> and he's like, all right. He's like, well, uh, so we get high in here. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever you say. Like, <laughs> just like, I don't, I don't, you know, whatever you say, like, I don't care. We get high, we get high. So I'm not using excuses, but basically like he had some meth in the cell there and chopped me up a line and, and I, I, I did it, you know? And so, uh, and then I got all high and I had a little bit of money on my books cause I got arrested with some cash on me. And so I ended up ordering some and like the guy that swept that little tear uh, came by and we put in an order. He came back a few minutes later, dropped off another little baggie. And so it's like that easy to get drugs in prison. It's crazy. But, and then we snorted all that meth. And basically I just tweaked out of myself for a couple of days, just like fucking like, what the fuck, dude? You know, we did it all. But then like I was high for like a couple of days and just like coming down off of that. But, but physically the last time I ever used was December 13th, 2016. So that was my, I felt like I was under duress. You know what I mean? I felt like I was under duress and kind of had to. No excuses. I did. And so it counts. And so long story short, thank you guys for for bearing with me on that story. But yeah, so kind of a milestone. Last time I ever got high was probably about this time <laughs> of day, uh, about uh, it was exactly seven years ago. So an end of an era. And I'm very glad that era is ended because here we are podcasting to the world. And I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And uh yeah, you know, I, I started a show a while back called Recovery Rants where I talk about recovery. I haven't done one in a while just because I just, you know, that's I just it's it's kind of low on the priority list right now, even though it should be higher. I want to get back into it, but I've just been so busy with these other projects and I'll I'll get back to it one of these days. But that was my recovery rant for the day. 
So what the hell else is going on in the world, you guys? There's so much craziness going on out there. It's hard to keep my mind straight. Uh, before we get too far into it, I just want to tell you, if you guys want to follow the show, just head over to rebunked.substack.com. That's where I post anytime I'm about to go live or any upcoming shows, any announcements about the show. You can go back and see all the episodes I've done lately. I've had some real doozies lately. Um, but today, this is the Rebunk News, clearing the Rebunk News desk. So that's today. This is here. Um, one of the things I want to encourage you guys to do is definitely, if you're not signed up to the email list, um, if you go to rebunk.news, the main website, uh, let me pull that up here. Rebunked. Hold on. Rebunk.news. You'll see at the very top of the page, there's a little link where you can add, just add your email right there. That'll add you to the email list. So you can get emails whenever I go live on the Substack. Um, also, I just want to encourage you guys, if you guys get any value out of the show, you can subscribe for like five bucks a month on the Substack. Like if you notice, I got rid of my subscribe star. I was doing that for a while. Um, really, the if you really want to help the show, just five bucks a month on the Substack really helps keep the show going, you know. I, I would just, you know, I'd appreciate it. I'm just, I'm just shout, throwing it out there. It's a way to support the show if you want. I mean, you don't have to. You can sign up for free. You don't have to pay anything on the Substack. It's just there and available if you want. So, but it's just either way, it's a good, good way to stay up to date with the show. So, um, well, let's jump into it, guys. Let's do some rebunk news, baby. Let's do this thing. So, what's up first? Okay. So, this is very interesting. So, you guys know I work uh, with Ryan, the last American Vagabond. I run his Substack and, one of the things, if you guys have followed T-Lab for a while, is uh, Ryan's coverage of the self-amplifying mRNA COVID vaccines. And it's interesting because this, the term self-amplifying is kind of like there's two connotations to it. And I know one of the things that Ryan has covered extensively that really is frightening is self-amplifying in the way of like almost like shedding, right? Almost where like... Uh, the idea being like, and, and, and a lot of the coverage he's talked about and a lot of the papers, I should have pulled some up, but if you type in self-amplifying or, you know, SR or SA mRNA on the last American Vagabond, he's done tons of episodes on it. Um, but basically the idea of particularly in like livestock populations where you inject an mRNA platformed uh, vaccine into one animal and then that kind of spreads to the other animal. So you can actually vaccinate one animal and then that carries the, the supposed whatever that vaccine does to the rest of the herd. So that's frightening. That's frightening. But then I think this particular reference to self-amplifying mRNA COVID vaccines is more along the lines of self-amplifying within your own body. So if you receive one of these self-amplifying self mRNA vaccines, then it will self-amplify throughout your body, which kind of is like what my understanding is of that technology that they're utilizing right now. Um, and we're going to get into some more of this in a little bit here, uh, sp specifically about the mRNA and some fuckery that's been going on with it. I'm going to actually working on an article right now for the last American Vagabond Substack on it. Ryan covered it on a show last week and we're kind of uh, parsing it out a little bit further, but let's see. So this is from zero hedge headline. Japan approves the world's first self amplifying MRNA COVID vaccine without published efficacy or safety data. Imagine that very, very, very cool. <laughs> uh, so Japan has approved the world's first self-amplifying COVID vaccine, although the manufacturer has not published safety. Okay, well, that's the headline right there in the first line. So there we go. Uh, so 
blah, blah, blah. Then talked about mRNA, SARNA, mRNA, or RNA vaccines that use a virus genetic code against it. Now I know. Listen, listen, before you guys get all bent out of shape there, I'm 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 on your side when it comes to the when it comes to the uh the terrain, the virus thing. Like anytime I see like you know the virus this, virus that, I get it. I cringe too. So don't come at me, bro. Don't come at me, bro, with that shit. I'm just reporting what these fuckers are saying, okay? <laughs> I'm with you on the terrain thing. So anyway, but as we go down here, so what are the risks of the self-amplifying mRNA? Uh, it says, as self-amplifying mRNA vaccines produce copies of mRNA and thus boost the production of proteins, which we'll get into that, the protein production. I got a whole section on that coming up here. Some experts are worried about the consequences they have on the human body and concerned that any negative effects from mRNA vaccines could be amplified by injecting self-amplifying mRNA shots. Amazing. So during testimony at the European Parliament last year, cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough, shouts to Dr. McCullough, said that there's not a single study showing that messenger RNA is broken down in the human body once it is injected. Since the vaccines are made synthetically, they cannot be broken down. Imagine that. So our bodies uh, naturally don't have the means to break down these synthetic RNA vaccines. Synthetic, right? Again, coming up, I got a whole section on that coming up. The spike protein from the mRNA vaccine has been found circulating in the body as long as six months after vaccination. And as we've seen multiple times, uh, autopsies, um, you know, it has been found in every single organ system in the body. So these things proliferate throughout the body. You know, our bodies become vaccine factories that just produce whatever proteins it has been instructed to create ad infinitum, like on to infinity, you know? So, and it's funny because a lot of these scientists purport that that is great. That's what we want. We want them to just produce these spike proteins indefinitely. So our bodies create like an, you know, an immune response, but it's like that has negative consequences, right? Dr. McCullough said that the spike protein is proven in 3,400 peer-reviewed manuscripts to cause four major domains of disease, cardiovascular, neurological, blood clots, and immunological abnormalities. They don't tell you that in the fine print. They don't tell you that on the, like, like that, that, what is that fucking asshole's name? Travis Kelsey. That guy ain't up there in his Pfizer commercials telling you about the 3,400 peer-reviewed manuscripts that uh, discuss these massive cardiovascular, neurological, immunological, and blood clots situations, right? Come on now. So, so anyway, watch out, Japan. Like, seriously, like, watch out, you guys, because uh, they're coming after you guys. They're coming after you guys, which, which kind of leads me to this. Oh, great. What's going on here? Advertising on the side. Okay. Reuters is giving me some shit and it says I got to turn off my ad blocker. I'm, okay, this would be a good time to do this. I'm going to show you guys a trick. And I've showed this on the show before. But see this? The ad blocker nonsense. Um, also, paywalls. Like, if you come across a paywall or it says, like, click, like, enter your email to get access to this article. Here's a trick. So, you copy the URL, Control-C, open up a new tab, go to archive. So, there's archive.org, which works pretty good, but also archive.is. I like this one. I heard about this one from James Corbett. So archive.is, I think the main URL is archive.today. Um, but basically, you just go here. So you have two little boxes on the front window here. The first one says my URL is alive and I want it to be archived. So if you're trying to archive an article, like let's say an article just dropped or a, a research paper, a study, something controversial on the internet that you find, 
and you want to archive it so that even if it gets deleted, it's still stored somewhere. That's what this website's for. Archive.org does a similar thing. I don't know why I just like this website. You know, the, the Wayback Machine works fairly well on the um, on archive.org, but I have heard of some shenanigans with that, but I've never had any issues with archive.is. So anyway, so we're back to this article that I wanted to read you guys, but it's telling me I have to turn off my ad blocker. I don't even know how to do that right now. So I'm just going to copy this URL, right? Go back over to archive.is, and now you enter it into the bottom the little bottom thing is I want to search the archive for safe snapshots. So you enter it there, search, and then boom, look at that. So there's the article that has been archived. It was archived on November 28, 2023. And there's the article. So I could pull it back to, so there's the original article I can't read. And now here is the archive.is article that I have full access to. Look at that. Oh, what the fuck? Oh yeah, there it is. Is that right? Maybe. Okay. Well, I guess it's just a short article. Um, anyway, so jumping from Japan using this not tested, uh, self-amplifying MRNA to Moderna over here is, uh, working on a Chinese MRNA manufacturing site. So they're trying to infiltrate and get over into China and bring the wonderful world of MRNA to China. So, you know, it's really funny because these bastards, like, uh, let's see, let's see what we got here. Pfizer stock price, bam. Let's see what these bastards got going on. Oh, yeah, they're tanked. They're done. Look at these bastards. Let's go five-year. Yeah, look at that. So they're like all-time low basically right now. So they're they're done for. <laughs> they're done for. Let's check out uh, Moderna stock. Oh, look at them. They're trending up right now. It's probably because of this damn... Well, that's just the one day average. Let's look at the five. Let's look at the one year. Okay. So they're, they hit an all time low fairly recently. But if you look at this, man, like one year ago, they were pushing above 200 a share. They're at 78, 60 now. So these people are like dying. They're literally dying. And the people that they answer to, you know, the uh, shareholders, they're not too happy with their situation. So they're having to innovate and figure out new means and methods in order to get, more money in the till. And so they're going to infiltrate the market in China and uh, bring all the myocarditis and, and uh, what, what did McCullough say? Bringing all the cardiovascular, neurological, immunological, and blood clots to China. Like China needs a little bit of that. So this is according to Reuters, November 28th in Shanghai, U.S. vaccine manufacturer Moderna uh, began construction of its first facility in China this month to manufacture mRNA medicines, the company said on Tuesday. Moderna's COVID-19 vaccines has yet to be approved in China. <laughs> don't do it, China. Don't do it, you guys. I'm telling you, don't do it. But the company said in July it had signed a deal with the city government of China's financial hub, Shanghai, to work towards opportunities for it to research, develop, and manufacture mRNA medicines in the country. Whoa. The facility in Shanghai would manufacture medicines for the domestic population, the world's second largest after India, a spokesperson for Moderna told Reuters. So they're going after the market share, right? Obviously, the largest population in the world is in China. And so, oh, did it just say it was did I just completely second largest after India? Wow, I guess India surpassed China. So, I mean, that's still a lot of people. That's still a lot of arms to get mRNA into. So they're very excited, folks. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that those... Pfizer, Moderna shareholders are, are very, very excited about this. So some dude says, 
our focus in China is to strengthen health security by targeting unmet needs. And oh, a spokesperson for Moderna told Reuters, yeah, some dude. Our focus in China is to strength is on strengthening health security by targeting unmet needs and contributing to the ecosystem of medical solutions available to patients in China. We need to get a lot of blood clots. We need to get a lot of myocarditis into these little bastards in China. We need to just wipe them out. They're having to, they, they stopped doing their two child policy, right? Or one child policy. Like now that they're up to like, like they eliminated the one child policy. It's like, we need to get that population under control. Once again, we need to kill as many people as possible. So Moderna to the rescue. So Moderna is actually doing a great job serving the establishment and serving those uh, eugenic pieces of shit that run things. And uh, there you go. Oh, let's see, uh, DS66 Rock. Oh, thanks for sharing, Scott. You're worried about overcoming those downfalls. Keep on, keep it on, brother. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Rock. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so there you go. So Moderna in the house in China. All right. So this is an interesting one. So this is Time Magazine. It said Meta, you know, the old Facebook. Like, who calls it Meta? Like, it's Facebook, Instagram, right? Just like, I still can't start calling Twitter X. Like I still call it Twitter, right? Facebook is being sued. Facebook and Instagram are being sued by New Mexico, the state of New Mexico, like an attorney general there, right? Meta is being, let me just read it. Meta is being sued by New Mexico, alleging it failed to shield children from predators. Oh, okay. Well, that's, a, that's an easy way to put it. Facebook and Instagram failed to protect underage users from exposure to child abuse materials and let adults solicit porn pornographic imagery from them, New Mexico Attorney General alleges in a lawsuit that follows an undercover online investigation. Wow. Our investigation into Meta's social media platforms demonstrates that they are not safe spaces for children, but rather prime locations for predators to trade child pornography and solicit minors for sex, according to Attorney General Raul Torres in a statement on Wednesday. So the civil lawsuit filed late Tuesday against Meta in a state court also named CEO Mark Zuckerberg as a defendant. So Mark Zuckerberg is being named in an alleged lawsuit in a lawsuit for child exploitation and child pornography. So Mark Zuckerberg, child pornography, one in the same. Right. Uh, so let's 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 see. Are there any boycotts for Facebook? Let's see. Boycotts for Facebook in 2023. Um, groups call for Facebook, Instagram boycotts. Let's see. CP 24. So this was an advocacy group is calling on Canadians to boycott Facebook and Instagram, the friends of Canadian broadcasting group to stop posting. Okay. So the group is planning to boycott to show Canadians and won't be pushed around by meta, which decided new. Okay. So this is in relation to, so if you guys didn't know, Canada issued some law, which said that like social media platforms like Facebook can't share news. So our poor Canadian friends are unable to like get the news up there. Okay. So they're boycotting them over the news. Let's see. Boycotting the debate. Let's see. Facebook boycotting the debate. When many brands decided to boycott Facebook and Instagram at the start of July by turning off their ads and halting organic posts for a month. Uh, will the Facebook, uh, why won't. Okay. So I'm trying to see what the reason, what's the reason. The reason why this boycott will have limited impact. Okay, so doesn't really mention it was in relation to child pornography, right? But let's look up boycott Twitter. Uh, yeah, advertising boycott and the platform formerly known as Twitter. 
And so this is from December 6th. So owner Elon Musk exacerbated the crisis by cursing out firms. So this is a, from a few weeks ago where Elon Musk was like, go fuck yourself to the advertisers, right? You guys remember that? Go fuck yourself. Don't advertise, right? Because they've spun this crazy narrative that Elon is this crazy domestic terrorist, you know, uh, what do you call it? Anti-Semitic, blah, 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 right? So Elon Musk is the bad guy. All of these advertisements are being, and so there was like Media Matters constructed this whole narrative that uh, advertising was being placed next to anti-Semitic posts and this and that. And you see this insane uproar from the the press and the media and the mainstream media about how Elon Musk is the whole most horrible guy in the world. He needs to be, you know, boycotted and probably worse in their minds. But uh, at the very least, advertisers need to pull their advertising from X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. What's really funny is that, well, and then it turns out, right? And then it turns out that, uh, a lot of that, and I guess, you know, Elon Musk is now suing Media Matters because a lot of that turned out to be fake. Like they faked screenshots of like advertising again next to like quote unquote anti-Semitic posts, which also we'll get into in a minute where anything is basically considered anti-Semitic now. I mean, even the criticism of the state of Israel is considered anti-Semitic now, like like written into law basically or, or you know, so the 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 hypocrisy and this this psychosis of you know this this fabricated media narrative about uh anti-semitic posts being used as justification to call for this massive boycott and all these companies pulling their advertising away from x twitter uh is it's hilarious in comparison to <laughs> this where you know these platforms are literally being accused of child pornography, child exploitation, probably trafficking. Yet you don't hear any calls for any sort of boycott or any sort of referendum or any sort of like, hey, let's hold these guys accountable. Hey, if we're going to boycott these guys over here, we need to boycott these guys over here for engaging in um, very horrific practices. So you kind of see where the chips fall, where the dominoes are here. You know what I mean? Like, what is this here? Company spokesperson Andy Stone pointed to a company report detailing the millions of tips Facebook and Instagram sent to the National Center. Some, oh, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, uh, including 48,000 involving inappropriate interactions that could include an adult soliciting child sex abuse materials directly from a minor or attempting to meet with one in person. Wow. So, you know, if there's no accountability around their inability to prevent this type of activity from happening, uh, then I don't know what to tell you. Like if you ain't going to, if you ain't going to pull your advertise, like I don't advertise on freaking Facebook or Instagram. I never will. This is one of many reasons, you know what I mean? This is a pretty big reason, but I ain't going to do it. You know what I mean? And, and so it's just shame on all these people who are, who are falling for the media narrative that they need to pull their advertising from Twitter when this type of shit is going on right across the hall, right down the street in, uh, in good old Meadowland. So, you know, it is what it is in terms of our use of these platforms. Like I don't really use Facebook very much like marketplace maybe. And, uh, Instagram, I use it to promote the show, but you know what I mean? It's like, that's the world we live in. Maybe I'll stop. I don't know. Maybe, ah, I'm not going to say that because I probably won't. But at least I'm not paying them or advertising on them. Okay. There's that. All right. 
So speaking of our Canadian friends up north, I, this is a really funny one. So this is uh, this is the Daily Mail. This is Justin Trudeau says climate deniers are putting future white Christmases at risk. And so he has a little spat with uh, some of the conservative uh, conservative leaders in Canada. And, and, and his little, his little temper tantrum is so hilarious and priceless that I couldn't help, but pull it. And we're going to play it for you right now. Now, listen, listen to his like gotcha moment at the end of this. So this is his little gotcha. Like, I can't even, I'm sorry, like trigger warning. I'm about to play a Justin Trudeau clip. Okay. Cause I know a lot of you out there are probably just like me, where as soon as you hear his voice, you just want to like pour gasoline on yourself and light yourself on fire. And he's in he's an exceptionally rare for, form here. He has several of his little breathless ah ah ah. You know what I'm saying? Like he always does a little ah. We're going to ah go to the store today ah and get some milk ah. Oh my god, I just can't even fucking do it. But it's so funny. Like this one, this one's great. You guys ready? Okay, here we go. I'm pleased to point out that we're the government that's phasing out coal, Mr. Speaker, over the opposition of uh, the leader of the opposition. We're going to continue to build a better and brighter future for all Canadians, and that includes fighting against climate change so we can ensure uh, that we keep a stronger future for Canadian children to be able to go sledding, but also so that we can make sure that they have better jobs into the future. The climate denialism of the Conservative Party of Canada is putting future white Christmases at risk, and that's why on this side of the house, we stand for Christmas! We stand for Christmas. <laughs> we stand for Christmas on this side of the aisle. You hear that? You hear that, you damn conservatives? So over here, if you deny climate, you are now against Christmas. You hear me? All of you Christmas deniers out there, like, how dare you? How dare you? We're over here. We've got our stockings hung on the chimney with care, and we've got all of our presents wrapped waiting for Santa, and you just deny all of that. How do you deny Santa? How can you deny Santa? Which is very ironic because the denial of Santa is very similar to the denial of climate. The climate narrative and Santa Claus do belong in the same category, I must say. They do belong in the same category for very similar reasons. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a story you tell your kids. It's like, "Hey kids, let me come around here and tell you a story about climate change." Ooh, climate change, dad. Oh my gosh. And then they get to be about 6-7 years old and they're like, "Dada." And you're like, "Yes, son." They're like, "Dada." Tommy said that climate change isn't real. Is that true? And you're like, well, all right, son. Yeah, your mom and I, you know, we we had a good run, you know, but, you know, you're right. Yeah, climate change isn't real. You know what I mean? We just, it's just a fun thing we do to kind of, you know, provide more uh, joy in your life. But yeah, sadly, climate change isn't real. You know what I mean? Kind of like Santa Claus, just like the Santa Claus thing. So if you're if you're over seven years old, and you haven't figured out that climate change is as real as Santa Claus, then you're retarded. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So 
I know. I was like, yeah, yeah, PJ is like, I'm surprised he actually used the word Christmas instead of winter holiday. Not only that, but he leaned all the way into it. And he's saying that your denial of climate change is a denial of Christmas. You are denying Christmas. We are pro Christmas over here in the climate change section. And how dare you for question it? I thought that was pretty hilarious. Just his little, his little, ah, his little freak out, his little wig out. It's just so too classic. So I thought I'd share that with you guys. I figured you guys would appreciate that. Um, the, the article itself is just really funny. It's just, uh, Whoops. Oh, let's see here. Justin Trudeau says climate deniers are putting future white Christmases at risk as he spars with conservative leaders. I didn't, I don't even, I didn't even watch the last of that clip. So maybe it's good. I don't know. But, uh, um, speaking of Christmas, look at that. Perfect timing. If you guys go over to rebunk.news forward slash shirts, you can get yourself a nice rebunked shirt. And this is another great way to support the show. Uh, thanks to Ryan, big frog t-shirts over there in Beaverton, Oregon. Um, just, Awesome shirts. Like this is the all-time crowd favorite, the Beavis. Are you threatening me shirt? Look at that. The coolest shirt I've ever seen in my life. I have a couple different versions of it. Thank you, Ryan, for sending those to me. And uh, you guys, everybody needs one of these in their collection. I have a picture from my buddy Mark out in Portland. He sent me a photo with him and his buddy wearing this shirt, holding guns in the air like that, like Beavis is there. And if you're just listening, go to rebunk.news forward slash shirts, browse the t-shirt collection. Um, there's freaking, it's just freaking awesome, man. Whoops. Um, there's all kinds of cool designs and, and just go back in the archive. There's like, what? let's see, plus seven. There's probably like 25 different designs in there. We do have hoodies, you guys. I see false flags. Fauci gave us all AIDS. Compliance is violence. Censorship kills. And of course, the, the beloved Beavis hoodie. You guys, these hoodies are 30 freaking dollars, man. You can get like three of these for like the cost of like a, a, a hoodie, like a Carhartt hoodie anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like stock up, man. Give them. These are great Christmas presents. Like if you order now, you can get these in time for Christmas. Do it. Do it. Do it. We got lady shirts. We got hats. We got beanies. And of course, we got stickers. All kinds of stickers. So look at that. They got the organized crime sticker, the the classic Beavis sticker. So, you know, how about the show? Help yourself, help your friends, help Big Frog t-shirts, get yourself a t-shirt. Of course, we got the wanted for vaccine genocide shirt with Donald J. Trump's mugshot on it. Go get that to piss off all your friends and family. Go get that for your father-in-law who's like a hardcore MAGA guy. Just get it. He'll be like, what? He won't understand what's going on there. But, or get it for your libtard friends too. Your libtard friends... Everybody has a libtard friend. You know what I mean? Everybody has a libtard friend. And of course, they'd want a wanted Trump wanted for vaccine, a wanted poster with Trump's face on it. But then when they see the vaccine genocide part, they're just going to glitch out and fall on the floor. And then you don't have to get them a Christmas present next year. So there you go. And no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would not wish my apparel to cause any harm or damage in the world. Don't want that at all. So, <laughs> but anyway, rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Get it, get it, get it. All right, what's next here? So we got Justin Trudeau. We got that. Uh, let me move that a little bit further down. So, okay, so here is an article that um, I'll have uh, expanded on in a T-Lab Substack post here, hopefully tomorrow. Um, but this is a very interesting article. So I actually pulled this from, uh, well, from the Telegraph. I did another archive.org or archive.is post but basically the headline from the, uh, from the telegraph is more than one in four more than one in four which is funny because if you go to the article now it just says one in four so they're trying to downplay the uh and I'll, I'll show you i don't know i'll just show you because i ain't making shit up so you just go uh hold on that's that's how do i 
Oh yeah. Okay. So here's the main, and then you can always copy and paste from the top there and go back to the original article. See that? So this is how it stands right now. And so this is a good example of an article I was talking to you guys about where you, this is legit behind a paywall. So if you go to archive.is, it will allow you to um, well, read it without having to input your email. So anyway, look at what the headline says right now. It says one in four who had Pfizer COVID jabs experienced unintended immune responses. One, let me read that again. One in four who had Pfizer COVID jabs experienced unintended immune response. Okay, immune response, like unintended immune response, not just like getting a little like warm or like a little bit of pain in the injection site, like literally unintended immune system function responses. One in four, 25%. But then you go back to the original article and it says more than one in four who had mRNA COVID jabs. Oh, see? Oh, see, they changed that too. I didn't catch that. I'm gonna have to add that in the article. Okay. Now it says one in four who had Pfizer COVID jabs, whereas before it said one in four who had mRNA COVID jabs. And you know what they'd say on no agenda is that like Pfizer hasn't been paying their bills right here. mRNA lumps all the mRNA shots into one Moderna Pfizer all in this, you know, dissemination of information. But you know, they went to Pfizer and COVID and say, who's going to pay us more money to keep their name out of the headline. And it looks like, Moderna won that one because their stock price is going up because they're building new factories, right? So Pfizer lost that one. So they get their name in the headline now. One in four who had Pfizer COVID jabs experienced unintended immune response. Damn, Pfizer. Pfizer's slipping, bro. So <laughs> that's hilarious. But anyway, let's read about this. So more than a quarter of people injected with mRNA COVID jabs suffered an unintended immune response created by a glitch in the way the vaccine was read by the body. A study has found a glitch. Now, Ryan did a whole episode on this uh, a few days ago. I believe it was on the 8th. And it's actually in the headline, the mRNA glitch. He covers it for about five minutes. It's like a short segment of that episode. But he put it as like the first thing in the headline of the article or of the episode because it is pretty crazy that the Telegraph, and I also saw this article on Yahoo News also. So like the mainstream is literally reporting that one in four are experiencing fucking immune responses, like bad immune responses because of the COVID injection. Like that shit's crazy, bro. Now, what is going on here? Okay. So it all has to do with this thing called, oh, what the hell is it called? It's like a new word that my, even my, oh, frame shifting. Ooh, frame shifting. What is this? So uh, the idea is that, let me just read it here. So, um, Damn, like I, I had, I just got done writing this article. It was all fresh in my head. So it comes back to this thing called uh, uridine, which is basically a protein type of deal in your RNA, in like, you know, naturally occurring RNA. And they figured out a way to synthesize it into a thing called pseudo uridine, right? And uh, this, this, the, and then there's an even further modification called methyl uridine pseudo uridine methyl pseudo uridine which is what they used in the pfizer vaccine i was looking at that on the if you go to the the wikipedia and you look up pseudo uridine it's gonna have there's a section on R mrna and it talks about how in the bt162b2 covid vaccine that's what they used is the methyl pseudo uridine um so this study which oh, i didn't even pull it here um 
just check out the article. It should be out tomorrow. By the time you listen to this or, or listen to this episode, it should be out um, on the Last American Vagabond Substack. But anyway, um, talks about how this methyl pseudouridine creates nonsense proteins, right? Hold on. Look at this. Okay, right here. No adverse effects. So this is from the Telegraph article. It says, no adverse effects were created by the error, the glitch data show, but Cambridge scientists found such vaccines were not perfect and sometimes led to <clears throat> nonsense proteins being made instead of the desired COVID spike protein, which mimics infection and leads to antibody production. So what <laughs> nonsense proteins like that is the most unscientific thing I've ever heard in my life. Like all oh, these, these injections, like that, there was a glitch. I don't know. 25% there was a glitch and it made, I don't know what, like Bob, what, what are these? I don't know. They're uh, nonsense proteins, nonsense proteins. Okay. What are these nonsense proteins do? Uh, apparently unintended immune responses. Damn, Bob. We're going to get in big trouble for this. Yeah, we might get in trouble for this. Now, you know what's even funnier? You know what's even funnier about this whole damn story? So this article goes in. And let me let me read a little bit more here. So uh, it was, okay. So they it was this big revolutionary thing. It was a big revolutionary thing that they were able to synthesize uridine into a pseudo-uridine substance and utilize that in the COVID shots. Like this was like this big breakthrough thing, right? It says about the synthetic uridine pseudouridine it allows for quick and precise vaccines that are highly effective and was the backbone of the covid vaccine response it was thought the minor tweak to uridine caused no problems in cells but a team of researchers at the university of cambridge's medical research council toxicology unit have now found when this partially synthetic code is read the protein making machine in the body sometimes struggles with the uridine analogs so it has a tough time with these nonsense protein or it has a tough time with these pseudouridine analog uridine analogs aka pseudouridine and it makes nonsense proteins because it is not a perfect fit for what is expected and this is back to the article because it is not a perfect fit for what is expected there can be a momentary pause which causes the process to stutter and a letter in the code can get skipped much like a bike slipping a gear this process is called frame shifting this process called frame shifting throws out the way the code is interpreted as it relies on groups of three bases known as codons being read in the right order. Oh, so your body's just like being thrown like a bike slipping a gear. No big deal. No big deal. This issue caused by the jabs code throws the process completely out of sync and the entire subsequent code becomes garbled. So your body's just completely creating garbled. Like you've you just been hijacked. You've just been got. You just got, you just got murked, bro. In the case of the COVID jabs, the end result is a nonsensical, oh, but it says, and harmless protein, the team found, which the body attacks and used to an immune system flare-up. The new study published in Nature found this occurred in around 25 to 30% of people who got the shots. So there you go. You're being garbled like a freaking bike with a loose chain and a sprocket, Okay. Like, what in the hell? Chris, bro, thanks for the tip. Five bucks in the Rockfin. I appreciate that, man. Uh, what in the hell is this? Rogue protein fear. The vaccine is read well enough to create a strong protection. So you guys, you know, it's just maddening. You know what I mean? And, and I got this whole article coming out tomorrow. So go check it out on 
TLA vagabond.substack.com. Go subscribe over there. Go support the work over there too. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was crazy. And it's interesting though, the one in four. So it's like, the, remember that the one in four, 25%. Because this has been like, this is something I've been wanting to cover for a couple of weeks. And at this point, it's like in the, as far as the news cycle goes, you know, it's kind of like old news or whatever, but still this is related to the uh, New Zealand uh, health department whistleblower situation. Like right here. Um, I just want to show you guys this. Uh, hopefully you've heard about it. Um, there was apparently a whistleblower from New Zealand who came forward with some data showing that specific batches of the COVID vaccine that was distributed in New Zealand. A lot of these batches had disproportionately high rates of death, like over a certain period of time. So this particular screenshot right here is really wanted to capture and highlight here. So there's this batch number one and out of in New Zealand, like out of that 700, out of those 711 people that were vaccinated, 152 of them died, which the ratio is 21% out of that batch. And so this, he, so he was able to isolate several batches, batch number eight, 221 vaccinated, 38 dead. Uh, batch number, what is this? Batch number three, 310 vaccinated, 48 dead, 15%. So in like a, a descending scale, like each one of these batches had a 21% death rate, 17%, 15, 10, 10. So, you know, averaging that out, um, I'm not sure what that is, but it's like, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of like maybe high teens, like 17%, like 16, 17%. I don't know. But anyway, so I don't know. So this is, that's, that that 25% one in one in four uh autoimmune reactions kind of correlates with this just a little bit where it's like like if one in four people are having full blown autoimmune reactions and then you're seeing like some data showing that certain batches are having upwards of 20% or more of people dying like who knows man and so like Steve Kirsch like I want to give him a shout out so if you go to kirschsubstack.com He's been doing a lot of coverage on this particular New Zealand case. Um, he's saying how uh, if you go the vaccine, he says, for those under 60, the effect is hard to see because the number numbers are low. Blah, blah. So, so as estimated, one death per thousand doses is a reasonably conservative estimation of the excess death caused by the vaccine. So he's making a claim that it's around conservatively one in a thousand people who were injected died. Um Oh, Hamza saying Shiva debunked Kirsch's report. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Kirsch's report actually supported lockdowns in New Zealand. I'll have to look into that. Um, you know, I, I I haven't like dove in too far into this, but but basically, I mean, the data speaks for itself. You know what I mean? Like, I I think Kirsch does good work. So if Shiva has a different take on it, I'm totally open to hearing what he has to say. But kind of where I'm sitting right now, I'm I've been looking at this for a couple weeks, and I'm kind of like. Maybe it's my confirmation bias from like, I'd like this to be true and I'd like for there to be some accountability around this. So I don't know, but Hobbs, I'll check into that. Like shoot me a link if you could, dude, like send it to me on like Instagram or Telegram or whatever. And I will take a look at it because I'm, I'm curious to know what she has to say on this particular topic, but still, you know, it, it, just going back to this, like literally the telegraph and Yahoo news reporting that one out of four people are having these, fucking crazy immune system responses like that's wild so uh all right so i'm gonna take a break here talk about truthtrs.com this is one of my affiliates truthtrs.com is a heavy metal detox spray check this out check this out actually got it this time uh boom this is my little bottle advanced trs truth trs baby spray this in your mouth 
five times a day, like three times in the morning, once at night. It's just like a little spray bottle. Spray, spray, spray. And then uh, it's going to absorb and eliminate all the heavy metals out of your system. Uh, it's a super awesome product. I've been using it for a long time. Uh, so truthtrs.com if you want to learn more about that. And then if you want to become an affiliate of Truth TR, of TRS, just click um, start your journey towards financial freedom as well. Click the become a distributor link and get that going. So uh, yeah, truthtrs.com uh, is, is it's TRS, uh, toxin removal support, uh, fantastic stuff. Um, there's a Facebook group. Um, just type in advanced TRS. It's got like a hundred thousand people in it. And it's like, if you, if you have any sort of like autoimmune conditions, like vaccine related stuff, like this stuff works really good for helping kids who have been vaccine damaged, get the heavy metals out of their system. So they can, and I've heard stories of them taking, like making like full recoveries, like being nonverbal to like full, full blown kids. I've known people that have used it for that. Um, you know, not medical advice or anything, but I'm just saying this stuff works really good. So truthtrs.com, check that shit out. All right. What else we got here? So, all right. So we were talking about this earlier, um, with the X thing, how, you know, this whole push towards anti-Semitism and this and that, right. Um, you're the worst, per worst person in the world. If media matters, fabricates a screenshot that makes you appear to be somewhat anti-Semitic for, you know, like, but now, but look at this, this is great. Like, isn't it great to know that our our uh, congressional leadership, if you want to call them leaders, uh, are pretty much their allegiances to another country. Like they don't give a shit about America. They obviously don't give a shit about America. They've demonstrated both of them. Republicans, Democrats have demonstrated that they don't give a shit about America at all. And none of these motherfuckers should have any power at all, period. Right. But they've really shown their true colors and their allegiance. And so what is this? Almost every House member voted for a resolution backing Israel, except two. Why? Whoa. An overwhelming majority of House members voted in favor of, the re of a resolution affirming Israel's right to exist, while two members, one Democrat and one Republican, dissented. Hold on. Um, so in addition to affirming Israel's legitimacy, the resolution condemns Hamas and says that denial of the country's right to, to exist is inherently anti-Semitic, a stipulation that one member took issue with. So uh, I'm not. I'm, so this is Thomas Massey, the only Republican representative who voted no, Kentucky Republican writing on saying that I'm voting no on the resolution because it equates anti-Zionism with anti-Semitism. And that's it. Like, I'm not even here going to say like Israel doesn't have a right to exist. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I mean, they are a, uh, the, the occupier They're they like Palestine is an occupied territory. They I, I've thoroughly gone down this rabbit hole and in my mind, I've determined that they have, uh, occupied a place illegitimately. And that maybe, well, at this point it's too far. It's like, we're too far down the road where we can't just like, just go back to the way it was. There has to be some negotiation is the way I feel. Okay. But, um, this bill right here is equating anti-Zionism with anti-Semitism. And really that gets dangerous because now it's saying like the criticism of Israel as a political entity, um, is now considered anti-Semitism. That would be like my criticism of the United States being, you know, okay, this is hilarious. That would be like, cause America's so gay. America's so gay. America's so far down the road of just being gay as shit. Right. That would be like saying criticism of America is homophobic. Criticism of the American government is homophobic. <laughs> that's literally the same that's so funny so saying that anti criticizing this like the, the the government of israel saying that criticizing the government of israel is anti-semitic is the same as saying criticizing the government of america is homophobic 
bam that's my hot take of the day clip that shit get that shit everywhere that's fucking hilarious <laughs> right so there you go so no i don't i don't agree with that at all i don't agree with that at all that you should be able to criticize foreign governments for their fuckery and war crimes without being considered an anti-semite i could do that all day long i'm not anti-semitic i don't have any ill will or hatred towards Jewish people, but I will criticize the state of Israel. I'll criticize the state of America. And my criticism of the state of America does not make me a homophobe. Okay. So there you go. That's fucking hilarious. That's my favorite take of the day. I'm going to tweet that shit. Uh, okay. As we're wrapping up here, you guys. So this is like the last one I had, which is also hilarious. Uh, AI analysis fuels controversy. Russia concludes images from the 1969 U.S. moon landing are fake. What? <laughs> AI? Bro, AI is... Uh, and this is a uh, Microsoft News. Oh, this is Newsable Asian Net News. Whatever. On some Microsoft, MSN news aggregator or something. So anyway, it says, In a recent development during the world tour of artificial intelligence in Moscow, a new theory challenging the authenticity of the U.S. moon landing has emerged. Fueled by artificial intelligence analysis, Russian President Vladimir Putin was presented with an AI demonstration suggesting that images of the historic Apollo 11 moon landing may be synthetic or inauthentic. During a video presentation featuring Putin and Nikolai Gerasimenko from Shrank, a neural network analysis, analysis was showcased, claiming the possibility that the iconic images of U.S. astronauts on the moon could be fake. The video gained widespread attention as it captured Putin questioning the authenticity of the Apollo 11 images displayed on the screen. Gerasimenko explained the neural network evaluated factors such as light, dark contrast and raised concerns about the images. Whoa, very interesting. Very interesting. Let's keep reading here. This is interesting. Gerasimenko clarified that the AI analysis specifically used Google's neural network. Interestingly, the neural network did not raise any red flags about images captured by the Chinese learner rover over its mission to change to Chang'e, whatever that is, highlighting the selective nature of the AI's findings. Notably, there has been no official response from the U.S. or NASA regarding the AI analysis or Putin's questioning of the moon landing images. Hilarious. Now, those of you out there, when was the last time you saw the uh, the, the Apollo uh, lunar module? Here's a fun little exercise. Now, here's the thing with all these like uh, fake events that they have in the past. Like they're kind of locked in the story. Like they can't like wiggle their way out of it. So back then, this looked like the most advanced piece of technology in the universe in the entire universe. Oh, like all these images are kind of like, okay, let me see. They're all like computer generated and like, but like, okay, here we go. Look at this motherfucker. This is like the official narrative. That is the thing that landed on the moon. Look at it, dude. It's like paper mache. It's like made out of paper, bro. It's like foil and paper. Look at that thing. Am I? I'm sharing my screen, right? Hold on. Hold on. Oh, fuck. Yeah, look at that thing. Look at that. There's no way. There's no way. There's zero percent chance. One hundred percent. You don't need AI to tell me that that shit is fake as shit. You know what I'm saying? Look at that. Just let it sit in your head and let it sink in. And if any of you still think that those guys, those guys landed on the moon in that, you're crazy. That's been rebunked. All of that's been rebunked. You said it was debunked. I say it's rebunked. Rebunk news right here. Scott Armstrong coming at you. 
about to have seven years clean and sober up in this motherfucker. Don't fuck with me. Next seven years, I'm coming after the whole world, man. Loving it. Loving every second of it. And uh, thank you guys for hanging out with me. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, Hamza, yeah, dude. Okay, thank you. Send me that. I'm going to save that video. I'm assuming that's the video. I'm going to save that because I'll watch it later. I want to see the debunking. And I'll come back next week and I'll cover it. Uh, let's see. She, she also did a Twitter space on it. Okay. Uh, Ryan bringing some heat to independent review. Uh, this one who guys with agrees with Netanyahu. Okay. First watch the YouTube video, then the Twitter space for sure. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Uh, Chris, thank you for the tip over in the Rockfin. Um, oh, it says for the seven years, dude. I appreciate that, man. Uh, all you guys, I'll catch you next week. Um, hopefully, um, I'm, I'm probably going to do another one of these. Honestly, I don't have any guests booked. Um, I'm just gonna like, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I hope you guys did too. And, uh, until next time, just, uh, yeah, just keep, just keep, just keep doing what you're doing, baby. Loving it.